Hey guys, what is up and welcome back to the show. Now in today's episode, I am discussing the college football playoffs and after more than a month, uh, I think it was November 27th, I am back. Obviously, I've been posting on Instagram. Make sure you follow Twitter, always on Sportsbook for betting opinions. I'm not even going to say it's advice because it's up to you whether you take that or not. Um, anyways, uh, we are back, and we are talking about two action-packed CFP semifinal games that certainly lived up to the billing, an overtime game in Pasadena, and an equally thrilling ending to the Sugar Bowl at Caesars Superdome in New Orleans. So now let's look back at this game with Cash and me and my brother. Let's go. I hope you enjoy the episode. Two 13-0 teams collide in New Orleans, a surprisingly much-improved Texas defense this season, ranking 25th in total defense, but a top-10 offensive team on the other side that tend to win games with points. You anticipate a higher-scoring affair, and that is what you received the other night. There are definitely some difference makers from a team perspective that allowed the Huskies to move on, but there are certainly individual pieces as well. Uh, also on the back of another quote-unquote underdog win against Oregon, they've always seemed to be doubters around this Husky team. But nevertheless, they're playing for a title next week. Cash, what were your initial thoughts post-game? Uh, I thought it was a pretty good game all around, although I feel like Washington was obviously the stronger team here. Um, looking back on it, uh, I really think Texas maybe wasn't the strongest team in this playoff at all. Um, I think any team that was in this playoff could have beat them, as well as maybe Florida State or Georgia as well. Um, it just shows that kind of – I think Alabama was the reason they were in just because that early season win, although I don't think that was the Alabama we saw late later in the season. So uh, what are your thoughts, Preston? Yeah, I, compl- I agree with that. I think that, like you mentioned to me, while I'll never agree that Florida State should have been in the playoff, I feel like that they could have been – a better option maybe in in some cases than some of these other teams um like I think that even though Georgia lost to Alabama in the SC championship I believe that we would I mean it's 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 annoying and boring to put two SEC teams in there but looking back like if you had Alabama at 13 and 0 heading into this playoff it would have been looking real likely that 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 loss wouldn't have counted against Georgia if it were 27-24 and Georgia was 12-1. and I think that that's where you're either going to put in Georgia and Alabama or you're going to stick in Florida State um, on the outside of that, uh, but not Texas. And, like, yeah, I just don't think that that was the real uh, uh, Alabama team that we were seeing. Like, that was around the time Jalen Milrow got benched, around the time that they were only beating UCF, USF by 14 and all that type of stuff. So I just think it's like if that game were to be replayed at like week seven or later, it wasn't going to really be much of a contest anymore uh, in terms of who was going to win. Like I don't see Alabama losing that game anymore, like if it were week seven or later. So I just think that that's when win is what propelled Texas into the playoffs. And on the back end of the season, they looked like a really strong team, but they showed their flaws when they played a legit like top five team, this Washington Huskies team. Yeah, I agree. It's also like you look back to the Oklahoma loss and kind of see like, eh, yeah, I don't think this team's a playoff team. If they don't beat Alabama later in the season, obviously they'd have two losses. Even if they win the Pac-12, I don't or Big 12, sorry. I don't think it would uh, make a huge difference. Um, Texas also kind of just didn't really help themselves throughout the game. Quinn Ewers, who's been kind of great this season, not as good as last season, but uh, he had not so strong of a game. He did hit his head about halfway through the game. You saw Arch Manning warming up a little bit. 
um, which would have been cool to see in New Orleans, where he's from, to have uh, Arch Manning start in a uh, playoff game. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't get to see that, but I feel like that would have been cool to see. Um, maybe just let him do it, at, <laughs> considering how Arch Manning was, or not Arch Manning, Quinn Ewers was playing, especially to that point in the game. Um, they really did kind of shoot themselves in the foot, although Washington had a few mistakes as well. They looked like the strongest team overall for sure. Michael Penix had the game of his life. The ball placement from him was great. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I the game. that's what I was saying. I mean, I kind of feel like that this with this Washington team is that, uh, especially Michael Penix, he, he faced a lot of adversity. He wasn't playing as well the back few weeks of the season, but ever since, like, the big games – came up he kind of realized like oh I need to play better I need to step up and he, he had his first 300 or yeah 300 yard plus yard game since Michigan State in September against Oregon and then he followed it right back up in an even bigger game against Texas and he, he's a big reason of what has them playing for a championship but but if you but if your quarterback doesn't have time to throw he's not going to have opportunities to to play that well and that's what the x factor was is this Washington offensive line and they they were really nowhere near the uh the quarterback at all this Texas defense uh there was very few pressures I don't think that they had a sack the entire game and so if you're giving your quarterback a clean pocket a quarterback who is a potential first round pick um it it, it, that's just going to add confidence to him and he's already got all the talent obviously so if he if he's got all the time he needs there's no reason why he's not going to put it in uh to uh, a top two receiver in the country and a couple of other guys in Roma Dunze uh, a couple of other guys that that are obviously proven pass catchers and so I think that that's what really propelled them to win is that it's that and also that uh, they were more fundamentally sound I think towards the back end of the game they got tight and Texas realized that that oh shoot we got to get going if we want to win this game and that worked out for them for for some time and then you had that possession towards the end with Washington where they where they were playing conservatively. I think they ran the ball three times. They didn't really get anywhere, and that gave it back to Texas with an opportunity. Um, and so I think that the first three quarters, it was dominated by Washington. They were playing the game much better. They are calling the game much better. And it, But then it was just a little bit too late for, for Texas in the end when they really started figuring it out and knowing what they were doing. And... And so I think at the end of the day, Washington was the better team, had less penalties, more fundamentally sound. And we expected a better defensive performance, I think, a little bit of this much improved Texas unit. But this, the, the Washington offense was proved to be too good. Yeah, um, one other comment I have on Michael Penix. Uh, he's obviously up on some draft boards. Uh, I think most of them are saying early second round. Um, for me, personally, I think, yes, he looks like a good prospect. But he is kind of old for a quarterback in this draft class, as well as he's had two knee surgeries and a soldier sh- shoulder surgery. So um, NFL teams might be a little weary of picking him, but I feel like he's a good option if you kind of want to have a good team already and you want to win now. Um, someone like J.J. McCarthy, who we'll get into later, he maybe has more upside as a um, someone you could develop and make into a better quarterback for a franchise but I I honestly don't think Michael Penix is going to have a super long NFL career Um, I do like watching him play um, right now and maybe I will be wrong and he will pleasantly surprise all of us but I I really think he's kind of towards the back end of some of the quarterback uh, potential in this draft not to get 
too much on the draft, but um, yeah, that's what I think about him. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean. Like almost like he might be like hitting his prime like slightly now, even though he's still in college almost. Because like I feel like that by the time, I guess that makes sense. I think he's uh, obviously one of the most talented guys in the class, but with him being 24 already, he's not going to really be a legit starter and be called up most likely uh, other, other than like injury or stuff like that. So he's really 25 or 26. And so I think that that can definitely make a difference. But in terms of college, he's, he's really faced adversity, and I think he's played really well, and I think he's going to be – it's him in that O-line, which is just going to be huge because we obviously know the defense isn't great. It's just going to be interesting to see how that happens against this Michigan defense, but we'll get into that a little bit later as well. So, yeah, I mean, do you really have any more final comments on um, – Final comments, uh, I just feel like both of these teams um... – I think the other two teams in the playoff are a little better than these two teams, um, just because of they're uh, they're just more better all around teams. Like Michigan's got great defense coupled with a good run offense. Um, I think Washington may need to tighten up. I mean, they played much better defense than they have been playing, and that everyone has been saying they are capable of. So that's good to see for them, but they really, really need to keep up that performance if they want to have a chance at winning the national championship. Um, as far as Texas goes, I think they're just kind of sloppy for a playoff team, like I said earlier. Um, they aren't really a complete team, as definitely not as complete as Washington is. I really thought Washington had a great hold on that game the entire time. Um, and, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I agree. I think that – at the end of the day, I think that the Washington team, we obviously I know you've voiced your concerns to me about them during the season. Like Pac-12, it's it's not as good as everyone seems to think it is, and it's not. And there's no defense being played. But I think that this Washington team, like even for me as some as a person who's been rooting for Washington this season, I think that they've like like the 10 point underdogs to Oregon in that Pac-12 championship game came in, and yes, it was a really close game, but I don't. I don't think that they trailed, and if they did, it wasn't for very long. And, and I mean, they just, they've proved time and time again, while, yes, they've had some shaky games, you look, I mean, every team has shaky games, and, and they, they found a way to win all of them. And, and coupled with very, like, five or, like, four or five ranked wins, two, the two wins over Oregon. So, I, at the end of the day, they beat Texas, and that, that puts them in a spot to win a championship, and I think that they're playing their best that they have their last two games since early in the season. Next game, uh, 110th edition of the Rose Bowl Classic in Pasadena, uh, one of the most iconic college football games ever, and it, and it delivered a classic. I remember Jim Harbaugh said before the game it had potential to be one of the best games uh, ever played in, in the Rose Bowl, and I, I obviously I don't know so much about the history of the Rose Bowl personally, but it definitely delivered on a very, very good game. Obviously went to overtime, had ups and downs on both sides, and at multiple points you felt like Washington, or Michigan was going to win, and at other points you felt like Alabama was going to win. And at the end of the day, there was uh, a lot of bad trick plays. There was, a lot, there was a little bit of everything sprinkled in, a lot of good stuff we saw and a lot of shaky stuff we saw. But overall, it was a, it was a very fun game to watch. Uh, good appetizer to the later game and one of the good appetizers before the national championship game next week. So, Cashin, what, what do you think was one of the big things in that game? Um, I think, I'm not going to lie, I think Michigan had the game uh, in a handle for most of the time. I really don't think 
if it hadn't been for Michigan's mistakes on special teams, uh, obviously the missed extra point as well as, I think, two missed field goals. I don't think Alabama comes close in that game. They were really shooting themselves in the foot the whole time. Um, I, I really liked how Michigan played on both sides of the ball. Uh, J.J. McCarthy had a great game. Uh, Blake Corum, as always, delivered. Um, in crunch time, I really, like, I think besides the third quarter where Alabama seemed to be pretty dominant, I think Michigan really dominated all sides of the ball besides, obviously, special teams. Um, I feel like, as well, uh, Alabama looked a little sloppy on offense, which is not characteristic of them. Uh, this might have been just because Michigan's defense is that good. But also, you obviously see, uh, I think, three to five center mistakes, um, just snapping the ball, including one on the very last play in overtime. Um, I think you always wonder how <laughs> that affects a game. And, I mean, one of them was two snaps in a row earlier um, while they were in Michigan's territory for one of the very few times they were in Michigan's territory. Um, you just can't have those mistakes going on. Um, I think Jalen Milrow did not play well at all. Um, obviously, 104 yards, fumble. Um, he might have just <laughs> been uh, intimidated by that Michigan defense again, which played super well. Um, they, were in, they were living in the backfield the entire game. And I, what are your thoughts, Preston? Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think part of the reason why Jalen Milrow performed so poorly is I just feel like that he felt he felt the pressure all game, and I don't really think that that was fully on him all the time. Like I think he got sacked like eight times, pressured like sixteen or seventeen times. I mean, you, you're not you can't expect a quarterback to perform well if he if he's got pressure in his face the entire game like he if he doesn't have that opportunity to have a chance of getting into a rhythm he's always scrambling he's always on the run and he's not you, you, he's not gonna that goes for any quarterback I do agree he played very poorly but I do feel like that 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 offensive line also didn't really give him a chance to perform um and and so that that was one of the bad things to see aside obviously one of the more shakier lines that Alabama's had but I like I, I didn't I just didn't expect it to be as bad as I saw it. Like I felt like I felt like at times in that game I was watching I was watching my Panthers and Bryce Young just getting hounded all game at times like bad snaps, just poor technique and all that type of stuff like just just what are they like what are they doing up front uh, at times and so I I did feel bad for Jalen Milrow, but yeah, at the end of the day that was there were like both sides of the ball what are both both teams like the the special teams of Michigan uh, could have lost in the game, and then the offensive line of that Alabama team lo ended up losing them the game at the end of the day. Because while, like, they had their chances, Alabama did. It just there, there was no they were moving the ball, but then there'd be there'd be mess things that were messed up. And and that what one of the bad the biggest issues was the Jalen Milrow fumble as well. So you just had problems uh, between the offensive line and the quarterback the entire game. And so you also have to just give props to the Michigan defense as well for allowing, for uh, for making Jalen Milrow feel that pressure. But you also definitely feel for Milrow as well for what he was going through during that entire game. Yeah, I, I really think that um, this is the Alabama that we saw early in the season that was um, super shaky, the Alabama that lost to Texas. This uh, is very uncharacteristic of a Nick Saban team. I really 
did not like what I saw. Um, I, I, I just think that Alabama could have played a much better game. I also think if Michigan cleans up some of their mistakes that this game is not very close at all. Um, it's not the great game we ended up getting. Um, and, yeah, that's basically all I got for this game. Um, J.J. McCarthy obviously played really well. I think he's going to look at a uh, good draft spot. Blake Corum. Uh, Blake Corum is, is the kind of guy that you want to have on your team. Um, obviously took the reins during overtime, only took him two touches, and he was in the end zone. So, um, yeah, it was a great game to watch. Um, I think Michigan looks really good. Yeah, I agree. I think that moving into the championship, there's there's like there's two teams that are playing their best football right now, and you don't know what to say, or you don't. It's hard to choose. Um, and I think, but yeah, that was the thing for me is like everyone was talking about, including me, that like everyone was saying like, oh, Nick Saban is doing what Nick Saban does every year. He's got a, a team that some that is for uncharacteristically uh, under him performing poorly, and then he. He brings them out of that, and then they start performing like a typical Alabama team that you see. But then it seemed to be that big step backwards again in this semifinal game. I don't know if they're feeling pressure, if the Michigan was just out, was was playing was too good for them, or or, or necessarily. But but that that was one of the biggest surprises for me is they just they just didn't simply didn't seem ready for that game. I think that talent wise all around they're probably a little bit of a better team, and that's what kept them in it. But I just don't think that, that they were prepared. I think Michigan prepared better, and I think Michigan uh, executed better than this Alabama team. And so that's ultimately what made the difference. And the, the team that performs better in the one big game is the one that's going to be competing for a title, and that's what matters. Now that we've gone over a quick summary of both games, uh, we're going to jump into our predictions. Um, I'll go first. I really think Michigan is going to win this game. Um, I I just think that Washington's offense is not – they're great, but I don't think they're good enough to match up against this defense, which has kind of proven itself time and time again. Um, I think they won't have much of a run offense at all like they did against Texas. Um, it's going to be up to uh, Michigan's corners, who played very well against Alabama, obviously. Um, if they play like they did against Alabama, I do not see them beating Washington <clears throat> just because Washington's defense is obviously not as strong as Michigan's. And I honestly think Blake Corum's just going to have a field day. Um, I, th- that's basically all I got. I really, I really do think Michigan wins by a touchdown or touchdown or two. Yeah, I, I can agree. I agree with you that Michigan is definitely the better team um, also. But I think the one thing that I'm really excited for is, obviously we talked about it earlier, this offensive line of this Huskies team has been very, very good. It was very, very good in the semifinal. So that's interesting for me to see. This is a very good defense all around and a very good front seven on the defensive side of the ball for Michigan. So I'm just interested to see is is this defensive line going to get shut down or is or is the Washington offensive line going to crumble? And I think at the end of the day, if you're going to give time to Michael Penix and his receivers, then I think that they're going to score a lot of points. But if if they could get to the quarterback like they have been able to all season, uh, including against Alabama, then I don't see much happening for, for Washington. So I think that that is 
the one thing that I want to look at. And, and like whatever happens there, if Michigan's getting the quarterback, then they're I they for sure winning the game. If 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 uh, Washington is having time, then they then they have a big chance of winning the game. But I think at the end of the day, I think. Washington has a very high chance to win, but I'm going to give Michigan the edge just simply because um, they like I this I think that this could be a game where offensively Michigan or Washington is going to have to figure out how to keep up because while the defense is all right, it's not good, and the offense of Michigan isn't amazing. It's it's going to get the job done against this Washington team, uh, which isn't an elite defense like some of the defenses in Penn State and stuff that that. Michigan has seen this season, and so uh, I think that it's a really 50-50 game, and there, it'd be no surprise if Washington won, but whoever wins whoever wins uh, in the trenches is going to win the football game for me. Uh, huge thank you to Cashman for uh, coming on the pod today. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm really excited for this national championship game. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow. Go follow the Instagram. We are at 585 followers. Uh, on the rat that's still on that road to 600. Um, if you go follow over there, uh, that that's some good content. Uh, and go follow the Twitter, All Eyes on Sportsbook. Obviously, you don't have to take my advice, but that's my betting advice uh, almost daily, uh, especially with football and going in the NFL playoffs. I'm excited for that. But anyways, thank you to Cash It, and I hope you enjoyed the episode.